0: Global Educational Concepts is a designated sponsor of the U.S. Department of State's cultural exchange programs. They fully support and believe in the public diplomacy opportunities their exchange programs offer participants, host families, and host employers. Global Educational Concepts seeks to provide the best service and support possible to the young people who participate in their programs while adhering to government regulations. Their program participants can be found living, working, and training all across the U.S., Visit GECExchanges.com for more information on global educational concepts. Welcome to the Action Catalyst podcast. And today we have Dave Kosser with us as our guest. Dave Kosser, otherwise known as DC, is the president of GEC. He is also the leader of the Highlanders organization, and he is a member of the Board of Directors here at Southwestern Family of Companies. I consider DC a mentor, a friend, and an amazing business partner, and we are in for a big treat today. So welcome to the show, Dave. Uh, We're so glad to have you here. Well, let's hop into this. Uh, DC, you've been with Southwestern Advantage and Southwestern Family of Companies uh, take us back to the beginning and tell us how long you've been there. And uh, I would love to hear the story of how you actually found Southwestern and, and to take us to the very beginning. So how long have you been with Southwestern now, D.C.?
1: Well, this is my 50th year to be part of the company. And I've enjoyed every single day and every single week, it's just been fantastic.
0: I know the listeners are thinking, did he start when he was five years old? And <laughs> That's so, when, I was
1: for, when I was four. Well, yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> 50 years. Isn't that incredible uh, for all the listeners to just imagine being at one company for 50 years? And DC, you have impacted many, many lives. So tell us about the beginning of this 50 year journey.
1: You know, my father had worked at the same company his entire life, and all of his friends that he, uh, he worked with the people he worked with there became his friends, and the family members became friends, and the children became friends. And when I was graduating from university in the, in the 70s, it was a time where people seemed to just jump from one job to the next, and who could do this job, and who could do that job. And it didn't really seem to serve them that well that they would get started here, and there was something they didn't like about it. So then they would just leave and go someplace else. And pretty soon they didn't like something there, and then they'd go someplace else. Or sometimes a friend would say, hey, come and work with us. This is a fantastic opportunity, a great company. And they'd interview their friend would, and they'd finally get the job, and they'd finally get there. And when they arrived, the guy that told them to come was leaving. It's like, whoa, you told me this was a great opportunity. <laughs> so um, I was very blessed to have a sales manager, Jim Calder, who taught us that there's going to be good times and bad times and hard times, but you just have to keep your head up up and you just have to keep moving forward and so early on I decided if it was possible to just stay at the same location that's where I would like to be and I wasn't going to just move because there would be a bad year or a down year or a hard time that's going to happen wherever you wherever you would go but my story is is actually a god wink it was it was it, it wouldn't happen without a without God being involved in the plan. Neither of my uh, parents went to university. We grew up in a very poor rural part of Pennsylvania. And uh, the one thing they knew for sure, though, is that their oldest son was gonna go to university. That was made very clear to me. and They worked hard and saved up money and and helped make sure that I could go. And I was uh, adamant that I was gonna go to a different university where all my friends were going to like Penn State. And uh, they, they said no. They wanted me to go to this small uh, college that was near our town, a Christian college. And I definitely did not want to go there. And that was the biggest knockdown drag out I have ever had with my parents. <laughs> and so uh, we finally compromised. I could go for one year. And if I didn't like it, I, I could leave. And thank God that happened to me, Dustin, because if I hadn't gone to that small Christian liberal arts school. I never would have learned about Southwestern. I never would have met Steve Babbitt. And um, an interesting part of the story is when I was younger, I was in our small church in in Pennsylvania. And there was a gentleman that spoke one day about how the world needed Christian businessmen. And I thought, you know what? I I think God would like me to do that. That would be something I would like to do. But the chances of anyone from my small community in Pennsylvania ever becoming a business person were like minus 10. It just <laughs> wouldn't have happened, just was not gonna happen. So I went to uh, Houghton College and I, I uh, met a, a, a young gentleman there named Stephen Babbitt, who was my student manager and my mentor for the next four or five years. And uh, he, uh, he took me out on the book field and I, I don't think that anyone expected that I, <laughs> I would sell very many books. Or that I would be a top recruiter or team builder, but I, I knew deep down inside this was my opportunity and this was my chance. And so uh, that's how I got started, and uh, <clears throat> I built the, some teams as I was going through university. And and uh, I was bound and determined that I was going to stay.
0: Yeah, you did well. Not only did you stay, but you thrived. And you are one of two people in our hundred and sixty-plus year history that has ever built a thousand plus person organization. So you and Spencer Hayes are the only two people who have successfully built organizations of over a thousand people. So tell us, how did you do that? And for all the listeners going, wow, I thought managing my team of 30 people was a lot to wrap their minds around having a thousand people in your organization. How'd you do that? And tell us us about what that was like
1: great organizations and companies are built not necessarily by people but on principles and along the way there are a lot of different challenges Um, perhaps one story of interest would be how we started our our program internationally yes
0: we would love to hear that for for the listeners we we have uh, over 10,000 people internationally that have now come over to the United States and learned how to build their businesses during the summer and they take that skill and those values back to their countries and D.C. has led us in that effort. So tell us about that, D.C.
1: Well, it's another God story. I, I remember exactly where I was when this happened. It was, it was in May of sales school. And I'm so busy getting everybody out on the field. And I have this one young man named Eric Hoffer. And Eric is going to school in, in, uh, in the U.K. And he calls me and asks, can he bring three of his British friends over to sell for the summer? And I immediately tell him, no, this is not a good idea. And um, I'm really busy, sales school's going on. I'll see you when you get here. So he calls back the next day and asks, can he bring them again? And I said, Eric, I mean, how how do you know these guys? And he goes, I play rugby with them. I go, Eric, no! You know, this is a time of, this was, I guess, in the 80s, when, when we have to pay for university ourselves. And most of the kids I work with are at private schools. They're very expensive. And they need to earn money for the summer. And I'm not going to have three British guys to play rugby over here destroying the organization for the summer. So as I mentioned, it's a God story because Eric was persistent enough to call a third day. And I, this is the phone call I remember because I was standing at my desk. I was so busy and I just said, okay, Eric, just bring them. And Eric brought those three guys and uh, they had a wonderful summer. The next day they sent th- the next year, they sent 31 of their friends. And then the next year there were 87. And now, as you mentioned, there's been over 10,000 of them that have come from 57 different countries all around the world. And without uh, Eric making that phone call, and there were other people along the way, other ways that I ran into and recruited a few uh, uh, people to help build that organization but in uh, redefining possible and finding a way in this story uh, was really finding the right people. Mm. Um, There were so many people that were so negative about anybody coming to sell from these other countries. It was so expensive to get them here for flights, their visas, they didn't speak the language. Sometimes they didn't understand our language. It was real expensive to go and recruit them and even to call them on the phone back then it was like real expensive just to make phone calls, and so there were many directors in the company and people that thought like, you know, this is a, this is a waste of money and a waste of time, and we don't want to do this. But in my heart, when I would see these kids come, I knew they were the most talented people in their country. And at Southwestern, as you know, we're we're a builder of people, and I knew they were the they had to be talented to get on an airplane and get a visa and go to a different country and a different continent and a different cultural culture and to knock on doors and sell yourself door to door. I mean, redefining possible. I mean, that's, that's a challenging thing for these young people to do. So I knew there was great potential um, um, there. And so Jerry Haffel sent me to a, a world direct sales conference and I met some people there. And I I, I watched a uh, presentation by a gentleman from the the CEO of Tupperware. And he said, um, after the United States, which country do you think we do the most business in of all over the world? Take a couple guesses.
0: Oh, uh, I would say the UK or uh,
1: France. You know what? I guess China. I guess India. I guess the UK. I guess Canada. That'd be a good candidate. I guess Brazil. Um, and um, it was Germany. Ah. And after everybody left, probably three hundred people in the room, I went up and approached the gentleman. I said, "Can you help explain that to me? I, I don't quite understand. You know, what, what why was that? What what was that about? Why why Germany?" And he said, "Dave, you know, it really wasn't." the country, it was finding the right two people. Mm. And so we found the right two people in Germany and they built the company. Mm -hmm. So we found Chris Adams and Robin Mukherjee, Lars Tavis, Duncan Battleshell, uh, Colin McClung, a few of the really right people. And they helped build that organization. So eventually there were 500 students in the U.S. and 500 in other countries around the world. And that's how it all ended up being a thousand people in the organization. So I've always felt like part of that redefining possible or finding possible is finding the right people.
0: Wow. Well, that is just incredible DC. And and you are such a example to us all on how you build people and those people build great companies. And you're one of the best people builder that I've ever met. And, uh, You've also now pivoted and and you're also really insightful about when there's a cluster opportunity where you have one business that has another need and filling the need of the business through creating a different business. So as, as most of our listeners know, Southwestern Family of Companies has GEC, so tell us about how that was a cluster business model concept where it was uh, fulfilling an ecosystem that our Southwestern Advantage, the education business, needed to have um, a need filled. And tell us about that journey
1: and what GEC is all about. It was, again, re- redefining possible. We, beca- we, 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 we found ourselves in, a, in an impossible situation. And that we had now three or four hundred students that would be coming from Europe to sell with us, but they never would come on time. They would always show up late. They couldn't get visas. Um, This is a very not known story, but one year we had two hundred and fifty-seven kids in sales school, and we had eleven organizational leaders that would take these people to the field, and they did not have visas in their passports. So when sales school ended. All those 257 people, minus 11 organizational leaders, they all went to the field to sell books, and those 11 organizational leaders sat in the Mort Utley conference room, being not allowed to go with them to the field. I mean, redefining possible. That was uh, that was a very very scary time. Um, we solved that problem. We had one of them gather up their passports, flew to London overnight, went into the embassy the next day, got the proper things stamped in their passports and flew back the next day, taking a big chance, not even even knowing if we could ever get their passports back. But at that time, it became apparent that we needed to, to solve this problem and we needed a visa agency of our own. So in the summer of 2004, we went to Washington, D.C. and met with the State Department, explained our needs, explained our problem, and Global Educational Concepts, uh, a designated sponsor of, a, of the J visa program for the United States government, culture exchange programs was uh, started. So the first three years that GEC was in existence, we only brought Southwestern students because that's what we uh, were there for. And we, if we made any mistakes with these visas, as had been made in our case, over and over and over again by other, sponsors, we just we didn't want it to affect anyone else's business. And after three years of of doing that successfully we started bringing students for other businesses for the Gaylord Opryland uh, operations and other Marriott properties and other companies in the United States. And so now we have a designation of work and travel students that will be around 2,500 students that can come. We have interns and trainees that come. We have a new uh, summer camp counselor program where we're going to bring uh, people to work in summer camps we have a high school program we almost all of us know some high school exchange student that was in our high school and so GEC now is a sponsor of those uh, high school uh, students and uh, soon we'll have a teacher uh, designation to uh, to be able to bring teachers which are are very needed uh, in the country right now so Uh, It has expanded, and it's a great mission. It's a mission that combines Southwestern's vision of building character in young people around the world and helps get our values to other countries around the world, partnership with the State Department that wants to give young people from around the world an opportunity to visit the United States and uh, learn about our people and learn about our culture. So it's a huge public diplomacy program. A little-known fact is one out of every three world leaders, heads of states of different countries in the world, have been to the United States on an exchange program. So it's a, it's a it's a tremendous important way of helping get American values uh, spread throughout the world, and so that's uh, that's another part of the mission of the Southwestern Corporate Families to be able to uh, to to move our principles forward uh, throughout the world. So it's a very, very exciting time.
0: Oh, that's great. Well, I, and you know, DC, I, I love that you remind us often about your favorite line that's in the Southwestern Declaration, which says, we do not build walls, but we build bridges. Right. And you are such a bridge builder and GEC's mission really does fulfill a huge need in, in society and the world right now where there's so much division, there's so much people pointing fingers and blaming others and and you bring the world together in such a meaningful way. And uh it's so it's so fun meeting people from every different country where you know if you watch the news they would tell you that there's there's all these crazy things that are different with them, but then when you meet them, you get to know them and you realize they're people and and they're just like you and me and they have goals, they have dreams, and, and that if we all come together and work together, we truly can make the world a better place, and, and you truly are focused on that.
1: We've had ambassadors from other countries around the world come to Nashville to visit us and thank us for the work that we're doing with the young people that have been here and are now going back to their home countries. A number of years ago, we had the ambassador from Estonia, and she talked about how there are people in Estonia that feel like the Southwestern influence is changing the entire culture of their country. And we have over 100 uh, former Southwestern trained book people that have started businesses in Estonia, Lithuania and Lafayette and other countries around the world. Last year we had the uh, ambassador from Bulgaria. But if you come to visit us at GEC, come and visit our walls and you'll see letters from different ambassadors around the world that are thanking us for the program. We just assume that all the other countries in the world know about entrepreneurship free enterprise sales and they don't it's, it's shocking they have no idea about how a person could develop and run their own business so it's a very very exciting time uh, in, in our company
0: yeah you you have a couple of people from Bulgaria you have a lot of people from Bulgaria that you personally manage your your organization now is the Highlander organization and you have uh, students and, and young people from Bulgaria, the Czech Republic, Kazakhstan, and, and a, a variety of other countries in between. And I, I love the story of, of the top producer that you work with, who uh, I think he made over $200,000 in, uh, last summer. And tell us about that. How much money did a mill make? And what is the average income in Bulgaria? And what kind of impact will that make for his family and, and the whole country?
1: Well, also some of these young people have taken their money home and done some amazing things with it. Um, right now, this year, the ambassador from uh, Ambassador Stoichan asked, "Could we help, could the students help put together some money to help buy a tractor for a farm
0: uh, wow.
1: a farm in Bulgaria because they need that?" And so the the students are working to do that. But his his name is Emil and. Um, uh, the last two years he's been the number one salesperson in our company he has made um, uh, a very ex- exciting amount of money um, counting his dealer discount and all those things that approaches two hundred thousand uh, dollars for the summer um, but um, he he and this in this summer of finding a way um, this will be an interesting thing, Dustin, um, because of the flights were canceled and visas were held up, not very many of the Europeans got to come this year. In fact, we only have, um, we have 19 that are here in the United States, unfortunately. Well, uh, and the Highlanders, we have nine that are here and 10 that are uh, in, in the UK. And I was looking back at things and I, I noticed that that year we had a thousand Um, students participating, we had three that sold over 10,000 units that summer, which is a really high goal that people try to get to. And it appears this year of the 19 students we have, um, there are at least uh, six of them that have a chance to have a 10,000 unit summer. Wow. Even though um, (laughs) there's less than 20, there um, there are three that will do it for sure two more that are saying they want to do it. Um, So we'll see. One's already there, Um, Emil, who we're talking about. So this will be the third year in a row. He's been the number one salesperson in our company. And there was a young man that sold books a number of years ago named Dustin Hellas that just worked his tail off and set a new record for our company of the most units ever sold in the summer. It's never been done since. No one thought it was possible, but Emil, is trying to redefine possible. He's, gonna, he's trying to get that record. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: you know, what, what comes to your mind about some of the biggest pivot moments where you've had to overcome the odds and redefine what's possible for you?
1: I mean, there've been so many challenges uh, along the way. Um, just the, the opportunity to bring people from a different country to the United States and to participate in our program is uh, something that uh, ha- had to be done in a different way. Not, pe- not too many people know this, Dustin, you may recall. We also had a, uh, a winter sales program where people came from South Africa, from Brazil and Peru. And I think that we'll get that going again. We put, had to put that on pause uh, for, for a bit. Um, but along the way, we thought, okay, could we actually sell books in the United Kingdom? And so at a pivot, a switch, we decided to recruit kids to actually sell there and um, see if that was possible. Everyone, of course, said it was not. You know, you cannot sell anything door to door. And to be honest with you, at the very first Sunday meeting held at the Hyatt Hotel in Birmingham, England, at the end of their first week, we had 57 salespeople in the room. A normal summer, they would sell at least 570 customers, you know, about 10 apiece, getting, just getting started. Those 57 kids had sold 17 customers for the week. Wow. <laughs> so it was time to <laughs> redefine some possible things like right now, today, <laughs> or this whole thing's going to be gone. So we had to change our approach a bit. We had to change our strategy. We had to change our um, vocabulary. Jack Ferris, who was uh, former head of the NFI, National Independent of, and Federation of Independent Businessmen, was a great mentor of mine. And uh, Jack used to always say to me, compared to what? I would lay out the plan and define how it's supposed to work. And he would look at, all, at the whole thing and say, compared to what? And I said, what What else? What do you mean? He'd say, well, what else What else is out there? I go, well, I don't know what else. What, what are you talking about? And he helped change my thinking of, well, what else is possible? You know, what are the things that you haven't even thought that are possible? So that was a... <laughs> pivotal ideal day of well all right what's possible here what needs to be done differently how are we going to get this thing on track and then eventually um we had a, a 10,000 unit salesperson in the UK and uh, we we now have gone back there as you know this year and we're looking at uh, a young lady who's trying to break that record and we'll have a, a 10,000 unit salesperson there again so I think the book is is a tremendous work and I think it is uh Something that people can use every month, every week, uh, along along their journey. I think if they don't, then there's a tendency they may just get stuck in a rut, and they're not. There are no other what out, what else, what um, ifs out oh. there, and they're not looking outside of the box, so to speak. And so uh, that would be my story on that.
0: Oh, I love it. Well, DC, as you're a, a member of the board of directors with Southwestern Family of Companies. And uh, closing us out here, what would you say you're the most excited about of everything that's going on with your world, with Southwestern Family of Companies? What what uh, you've been here for 50 years, so uh, I would be very interested to hear what what is it that you're the most excited about right now?
1: I really want to work on helping build the people. We so much get distracted with building the business of the numbers and the strategy and the tactics and the plan and the budget. And sometimes just forget that if we can only just build the people and then let them build the business, we're going to be much better off. And then sometimes, Dustin, we get so busy building the business that we're not paying attention to the people. And they're crying out for like, I I need help. I just need someone to point me in the right direction. I just need someone to put their shoulder to the plow to, to, to help me move forward. And we don't even see it because we're so busy trying to build the business. So um, my role of the board of directors and here in our company, and it doesn't matter which company they're in, you know, what, what can we do to help build them up, help them get the right skills, the right encouragement, the right decisions at the right time, and then let let them go ahead and build the businesses.
0: Ah, I love it. Uh, this has been uh, just a delight having you here on the Action Catalyst podcast and appreciate the time. And uh, man, uh, I'm energized and, and love everything that we talked about. So really appreciate your, your time and, and being here.
1: The feeling is, is very much mutual. Thanks, DC. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure to subscribe. To stay updated on everything that the Action Catalyst is up to, Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst Podcast and Twitter at Catalyst underscore Action. Thanks for listening.